Welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. I am Danger, and joining me as always is my co-host, Monster. Say hi, Monster. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Lovely. On this episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast, we are going to be talking Andres, Strange Memories for This Nervous Night, released April 7th, 2017. Now, Monster, you brought this album to the table today. Tell me why you wanted to talk about this album. All right. So should should I go ahead and tell you my origin story with Andreas, how I how I came to, to find him? Sure. And for anybody listening, I'm done with announcer voice. <laughs> Okay, great. Yeah. And also, it's it's Andreas. If you want to just Andreas. you know, say it right what, did, what, did I, what did I say? Andres? You said Andres? Yeah. yeah. Which Sorry. I don't I don't think anyone's ever been called that. But Sorry, you know. it didn't throw the accent mark on it for most of it. It did in one place, and that's it. So, okay. So back in 2021, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw an ad for a show at a local venue in Greensboro, North Carolina, called the Blind Tiger. It was for a band called Strawberry Girls. The Black the Tiger is I, now Hangar 1819, but go on. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, it was for Strawberry Girls, and the opening act was this guy named Andreas. And in the video that they played for the commercial, it was actually a song with Strawberry Girls featuring Andreas. And I had never heard of either one of these artists before, but when I watched that video, I was immediately hooked. Like the music was kind of cool and his, it was, it was funky, but it was still rock. And then I loved Andreas's voice. It's very poppy. It's very smooth. The lyrics were kind of silly and I was totally into it. So I went to the show. Uh, it was August. Hold on. I got, I got the date here. Um, it, it was August of 2021 and I had a blast strawberry girls was good they're they're kind of like instrumental kind of guitar heavy not quite to the level of like a polyphia or a chon but kind of put them in the same ballpark but andreas blew me away i had so much fun watching him he and just to make matters even better he was just chilling at his merch table he was super sweet i hung out with him for a little while got a picture with him he was so humble and so nice now just to solidify my love of this guy in September of 2022, I lost my mom and my niece who I may have brought up on this show before has a little bit of connections in the music industry. She works with some national acts and some touring acts and she happened to kind of be in communication with Andreas and told him about my mom and I didn't know any of this. She just texted me and was like, hey, I got something for you. And she sent me a video of him personally talking to me saying, hey, man, I heard about your mom. I'm so sorry to hear that. I that's, hope you that's cool. know, get through it. And so all my opinions on his music aside, once I got that, it, it sort of solidified that this dude is probably one of my favorite musical artists ever. So... It helps that I absolutely love his music. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hurt when you're a fan of the people personally and professionally, I guess. But it was so neat that I just happened to be scrolling through Facebook, saw this ad. Hey, apparently Facebook targeted ads work every once in a while. I totally think that's was the purpose of them. <laughs> but go on. 
They got me, but I was totally into it. I went to the show, had a great time. I got to hang out with them, had a great time. And it's hard for me to say that this is my favorite album by him, but it's his first. And I thought that would be a good place to start. Maybe in the future we do another one of his records, but that's, that's sort of how I came to know him, why I'm a fan. Like I said, additionally to him just being a nice person, I love the music that he creates. And we'll get into that sound here in a minute. But Danger, had you ever heard of Andreas or were you familiar with his music at all? Absolutely not. Not in the least. You've actually brought up Andreas on several occasions and I just kind of always nod and move through it. (laughs) And, you know, nothing you ever said was bad about him, but it wasn't enough. And honestly, you mentioned lots of bands. And so, you know, sure, I'm going to. There was nothing about this one that made me want to go and listen to it. There's been other ones that you've mentioned. You know, you turned me on to Polyphia, I can tell you that. And, yeah, you know, I had no idea what to expect when you brought this to me. In fact, you had asked me before I started listening to the album what I thought it was. And just by looking at the uh, the album cover... I thought this was the kind of music that you have made very clear that you hate. (laughs) Yeah, I love the fact that I asked, what do you think it is? And you're like, well, it's just a guy. And judging from like the album title and the cover, I'm assuming it's like acoustic singer songwriter stuff, but that doesn't seem like you. And uh, Danger, is it that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a little bit. No. I actually would put this... In, have you ever seen a Surfion Stevens like show, like a video of him? No, I don't, I don't even know what you just said. Okay, Surfion Stevens. Where everything was fiction, future, and prediction now. It, he's a fantastic, uh, like, I love his stuff. It is uh, kind of all over the place, a singer songwriter, sometimes solo acoustic, sometimes, you know, got a band. And his uh, his shows are very over the top and big, kind of like a um, the Flaming Lips. Show style, like just confetti everywhere and big bright lights and big stage production. And but like all like like crafts (laughs) is the best I could put it. I mean. You know, Sergeant Stevens doesn't, you know, start the show by coming out in a giant bubble, but, you know, we can't sure. all be Glenda the Good Witch. And, <laughs> you know, that's what his music makes me think of, like, makes me feel like, you know, that's what type of show he would put on. And that's why I can fully understand that you would like his live show and he would be fun. I feel like if he had that sort of a big budget, he would do that kind of a big thing. Sergeant yeah. Stevens has it. His best album, in my opinion, is... Uh, uh, can you feel the Illinois? It's like Illinois, but it's Illinois. So, okay. okay. Yeah. Great album. He also put out a couple Christmas albums as well. And they're really great. Yeah. Really great. Really good stuff. Anyway, I don't know what genre I would put this guy into. Yeah. But whatever it is, I don't want to listen to it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the wrong answer. So for people that don't know who we're talking about, this guy, uh, Andreas, it's a mix of emo and pop and pop punk and jazz. 
there's keys, there's horns, there's dance numbers. It's it's very eclectic. The musicianship on this album is stellar. There's a lot of weird tempo changes and key changes and stuff that you know your average musician would struggle with, but it it, it still holds this center of catchiness and stuck in your head melodies and and hooks. And I'm curious as to why you don't like this because like it's it's got so much going on that I'm surprised that there's not something about it that you could kind of cling on to. So I will say there are certain parts and I actually put this in my closing statement, but I will I'll bring it up now. There are bright spots in every song. There is something about every song of this that I'm like, that's good, and I like that. But there's too many dull spots everywhere. And I feel like he's got a, a five-cat bag, and he's putting ten cats in it. And and I will say, with that being said, I can I can hear that. This is his first album, and he's released three more since and has a, a new one coming out this year. I think feel like he sort of streamlined a little bit over his most recent couple albums. I would hope where- so, because I, I feel like he would, because I could hear there's certain places on this album where it's like when it's a little bit more streamlined, a little more put together, it's a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, it a little bit so, more. So we're like, you know, we've talked about this on other episodes, but we're on like this album, you might have a song I mean, how many times can you say, yeah, this song has a little bit of pop punk, emo, jazz and pop influence. Like every song is going to have a little bit of that. But on later albums, there's a lot of songs where it's like, okay, this is a boy band pop song. And then the next one is like, okay, this is a pop punk rock song. Okay. And then this next one, you know, and I think that that might work better for you. As a fan of eclectic music and genre bending music, I don't mind when it's all mixed together in the same song. Like that works for me. So here's the weird thing about it. And I realized this while I was listening to this album, something like this would have connected more with me about 10 years ago, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. so much now. And about 10 years ago, I liked it when bands were just throwing everything plus the kitchen sink into a song Mm-hmm. And now I like it when bands are a little bit more fleshed out aside from the stuff I liked 10 years ago, but it's hard yeah. for me to have stuff that I would have liked brought to me now. Does that make sense? It's, yes, because I was just getting ready to say the only difference in my, in, in my humble opinion between this and say something like Chiodos or Closure in Moscow, which you both, you know, you really like both of those is the aggressiveness. This is a lot more laid back and chill, but at its core, it is similar in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Um, And again, being the 311 guy, being the good vibes guy, I like chill music. I like just a slow groove that you can kind of bounce and nod your head to, as opposed to the aggressiveness in something like Chiodos or Closure in Moscow. So for me, this works just as well, if not better in a lot of ways, than that. But I can also get when you have complex music with a lot of moving pieces, it kind of has to live with you for a while. 
Yeah. And if you're just listening to it, you know, you've never heard this guy before. You're not familiar with his music. Here's 10 out of his 60 some songs. Not to mention, I think I mentioned this to you off air. He's done a ton of features where like yes. a band will bring him in and he'll do the vocals for a song. Uh, he's done songs with Kurt Travis. He's done songs with I never can pronounce it right, but I know you like him. A marionetta. Is that right? Um, a marionette. Yeah, that's it. Okay. He's done songs with them. Spoiler He's done alert, a lot. we're doing one of their albums soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I can see that, like, if it's because basically what I did was as soon as I started to get into him, I went through every one of his albums and was like, oh, I really like this playlist. I really like this playlist. I don't like that one as much. Next. Okay, playlist. And so basically, I have this collection of like 65 Andrea songs that I just put on shuffle. So is it, that was what the hardest part for me was picking an actual album. Cause I was like, I like 70% of every one of his albums. How do I just pick one? So I just sort of settled on the first one, but to your point, it is probably the most all over the place of all of them. It is. It's very all over the place, but it, I do like that. It's 10 tracks. It, it's just, I, I like a short, and concise album and we've talked about that plenty of times you know i think 10 tracks is a great album length i don't feel like you know 14 15 is a great length because that's just too long and we've come across a few of those on the show already but if you're going to give me something that is kind of all over the place it can be a little bit much at times 10 tracks is enough it's like he jammed in 15 tracks worth of music into 10 tracks basically Every every one of his albums is 10 tracks and roughly between 30 and 35 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I noticed that. I noticed that they're all pretty quick. Yeah. And again, that's part of the reason that I have this two hour long playlist, because it's like there's so much that I like that he's done on all these different albums that is sort of like they're so quick and short. Like a song is only about two and a half, three minutes long. So songs over, you're on to the next thing and it just keeps rolling. And yeah, but, but to your point, you know, 10 songs, 30 minutes, even if you don't love it, it's kind of a breeze. <laughs> so something like this, and there's, there's other bands that would kind of fall into the same category. Something like this, I think is a good idea to have on a playlist or whatever you can put on your car when somebody gets into it to feel where they are, to feel if you want them in your car again, to feel if you're going to be friends. Cause it's like, well, how do you feel about this and put it on and just kind of see where they land in it if they're able to pick out things that, are, that work, that don't work. Because like I said, almost all these songs have parts that work. Some of them didn't have enough parts that work that I had a hard time hearing the next track. And I will definitely talk about those when it gets to it, when we get to mm -hmm. it. Because, I mean, there was just certain parts that I just kind of was checking out for. And I had to go back and make a point to listen to that part that I, w that I missed. And there was actually a few of those. But, you know, I am one of the few people that you will know that thoroughly enjoys jazz. I love jazz. I have always loved jazz. Yeah. But the part about the jazz that I appreciate that he put on here is not the, you know, the saxophone trumpet, you know, mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. put more of the jazzy guitar, big band yeah. stuff on here. Yeah. And I appreciate that because that's not the part of jazz that people pull out a lot of times. And I like that. And and that's why he, I think, was on tour with Strawberry Girls to begin with, is because of the guitar work. Because the guitar work is great on this album, and yeah, I, and I'll say that 
this overall, I wouldn't say this is a headphones album, but you benefit the guitar benefits in the in headphones for sure. I will say that I like this album in the car when I'm driving and I'm in a chill mood and I'm going to be in the car for 30, 45 minutes. I like this kind of music. It's it's upbeat enough that I'm in a good mood, but it's chill enough that I don't feel like antsy about anything. But I love it in headphones because there is a lot of stuff going on. I agree. You don't really miss anything if you're just listening to it through speakers. But there are some like... I think the groove locks into your your brain a little better through the headphones. I think so too. I think you hear a lot of like the rhythm section more in headphones in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't sound quite as just noisy through the speakers. Yeah. And the guitar I found was doing a lot of play between mm-hmm. right and left side. And that's the kind of thing that I really enjoy in headphones when it's like I could feel the sound moving through my head. And, yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed that about this for sure. And, you know, I saw him live and I've seen some some other videos of him live as well. He plays a lot of guitar live. He's not a very huge artist. Maybe he'll blow up over the next couple of years. Maybe he'll kind of stay where he's at, kind of, you know, mid-tier national. But but it's hard to find a whole lot of liner notes on some of the records as far as you know, who's I've, he's had the same drummer for years, but in the music videos, I've seen a couple different guys come in and out. So I don't know exactly what all he plays on the records, but I know he plays a lot of guitar. He handles a lot of the arrangements and pretty much 99% of the vocals. If I had to guess, I would say he probably, you know, writes the lyrics, the guitar line and the melody for songs and then has other people come in and he's like, hey, I want this for the drums. I want this for this part. I wouldn't think that he plays everything and records everything himself. You know, I think he has people that he works with and knows, you know, how to work with them and get across his idea. Like I said, uh, I know that he's had the same drummer for years and that guy is I mean, for as technical as the guitar parts are, the the drum work is almost equal to it. I mean, the drummer is fantastic. That's where a lot of that jazz comes in, for sure. Yeah. So, okay, let's just jump on into this with track one, Bad Boy. Absolutely love this well, song. I know you love it because you brought this album. <laughs> but so okay, this is a good opener for this album. It was yeah. because it gives you what the album is up front. Personally, I think this is one of the better songs off the album. Mm-hmm. It's got you know the choruses are big, and I do like that dropout that happens at two twenty two after the big chorus. Mm-hmm. It's you know it just drops out. It's just his vocals, and I like it. It's short. It's quick. <laughs> but it's noticeable and it's good so so basically i'll just kind of read through my notes here it has a little bit of everything it's kind of jazzy kind of poppy it's got a solid groove incredible musicianship with the guitars and the rhythm section and right away listeners will pick up on the lyrical stylings andreas tends to be a little self-deprecating very specific on the details of the stories in the lyrics but still relatable they're specific to his experiences, but you can usually pull a little bit out of that. It's catchy as hell, and the bridge. Bad boy. I swear my heart is good at just 
right there before the end kind of goes full emo. And so, again, I feel like you you said it yourself. It captures a little bit of everything that you're going to hear on this album. Yeah, I do like the guitar tone on this. Yeah. To be honest with you on this one, the rhythm section didn't really jump out to me a whole lot. In fact, there was mm-hmm. actually quite a few places on this album the rhythm section didn't jump out. It was mm-hmm. when I had to I had to put on headphones to really kind of tune into it. I can usually pick out whatever sound in a, in a song. Yeah. I hate it when bands put like cell phone ring tones in a song. Like yeah, um, Jason Mraz comes to mind because he did that in his biggest one, and I hated it. Anyway, I'll be honest with you. It's funny you should say that because I didn't think about it until right this second. But if I had to equate Andreas to like a major label star that's probably as close as you're gonna get Jason you know Mraz, what I mean? yeah like may, not exactly right but it's close maybe that's part of my my struggle with it because i never liked jason Mraz either <laughs> i liked his first album before he got a little bit more you know mainstream i guess nah not for me <laughs> now uh, we talked about this off mics too uh, about the music videos, and I know that you don't really like to watch them. I like to listen to the albums a few times, get a feel for how I feel, and then watch the videos and see if it tweaks it at all. His videos are ninety nine percent of the time very funny. They're all done by him and his friends. They're low budget, but you can tell they're really putting their all into it. This one in particular, I think, is one of his best. It's a spoof of that 70s show and they, they recreate like the car scene and there's all, they recreate the basement where like the camera's going in a circle and they start freaking out on drugs and stuff. It's a lot of fun. And I think it adds to the charm of not just the music, but him as well. Okay. So I am actually going to take what you just said and apply it to something else. This is your, this wildlife. In a lot of ways, yes. In a lot of ways, yes. Because this is, I can tell, like, I can agree with you that on the surface, it can make you feel a certain kind of way. But if you live in it and you research it and you watch the videos and you get all the peripheral added to it, it becomes something more than that. Very similar to how you felt about this wildlife as far as. You knew that you met the guys a couple times. You talked to them a few times. They were really sweet to you. You saw the live show. You saw the humor in it. Whereas I heard the album and I didn't get any of that. So, yes, I, I, I can agree with you on that. Yeah. So the whole, you know, doing it themselves thing. I think right. more bands should do that because you get a bigger feel for who the band is in that than a company, uh, a, you know, a production company coming in with a director with an idea in his head about what the video should be. And even if the band has input on what the video should be, it's right. not going to be reflective of the band. It's going to be reflective of the director. The difference is, though, that musically and lyrically, this is still kind of fun. Like, there is some like emo depressing stuff throughout it, but there's nothing like. My dad left and I smell cigarettes and I'm crying. Like there's none of that on here. So there's a whole smartphone section. There's a lot of social media and smartphone talk. So let's Um, talk about track two. I don't want to settle. I ain't gonna have it. I don't just people there 
The guitar is fun on this one. I like the guitar yes. here. It this really jumps out in headphones. More, this yeah, this one starts a, a little more strummy. It's not quite as jazzy, but it still has that kind of groove to it. But I love that, like the change up in the rhythm a little bit here or there. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. This one's so much fun. So I go ahead. Hurt my feelings. I don't care. I hate the way he carries out that last note of almost every line. It's so (laughs) distracting. But you said that I wouldn't be let down as soon as you came it's unneeded. I mean, to do it some, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But you do it so much in this song. And it's just, so, it became like almost like ear grinding, if that's the thing. Like it was just every time it was uh, just, mm, no, I don't like it. So this will probably come as no surprise to you. On a later album, he actually does a duet with Tyler Carter from Issues. Okay. And I will say that his vocals are akin to a pop singer. And if you like boy bands and if you like late nineties, early two thousand boy band worship, you'll like his vocals. But if you don't, they can be a little over the top because I was even going to say, I like at the very end, he starts doing these, I call them vocal gymnastics where you kind of do like, you kind of go up and down and you play with the note. And he does a lot of that at the very end of this. Which for some people would, like you said, would be distracting and annoying. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind the boy bands of late 90s, early 2000s. I don't love the boy bands. They are familiar. They are comfortable to me because I've lived with them for the majority of my life. You know, I'm not itching to go see NSYNC when they get together for the reunion tour. The the ladies, and so I know we will. But, (laughs) you know, if the tickets are not $400 like Taylor Swift tickets were that she really wanted to go see. And yeah, I I didn't mind missing that one. But yeah, his his voice on this album begins to wear me down because he does not change his voice. And the fact that we are on track two and he has given me a major part of his voice that just grinds my ears as I find completely distracting does not give me a lot of hope for the rest of this album. It did not. It, it did sure. not give me a lot of hope. So um, I will say just a funny little side note here. I was going to point out that I like the lyric. I don't trust people who write their feelings on the internet. I don't trust people that write their feelings on the internet. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I spelt right the worst way possible. Did you put I didn't, a B I, in it? How did you spell right? I didn't spell either right. I spelt a different word. I spoke, I, I wrote W-R-I-G-H-T. What is that? Sorry, I'm stuck on. You said I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> track, so track three, three. I know a place. I like, I think this one's fun. This one's kind of just the lyrics are about how shitty social media is. 
There's this little piano break between the verse and the chorus that I think is really nice. It's a real simple kind of jazzy pop song. Yeah, so this one stood out because it is faster, but it still feels consistent, and I'm good with yeah. it. You know, the it being faster didn't feel wrong. That piano solo does, though. The one that you think is fun. You don't like that. No, the piano solo felt out of place. It- mind a piano or a keyboard in a song but much like you know eric clapton live layla the piano crescendo yeah Yeah. the when you give me a piano solo it better feel like it's part of the song and not like it's a second thought well, again, it's not a one-to-one. They are very different, but it's still, I, I keep bringing it up because I, I do think it's interesting that you would like Chiodos when they add random weird keys, but then you don't like it when the poppy jazz guy does it. But that's just, I, I mean, that's just a personal taste. I yeah. I don't have an answer for you as, as to why, yeah. but I do. So, you know. Well, I think I do know why. I think because, like you said, you've been listening to that Chiodos album off and on for several years, and you've listened to that I Know a Place three or four times. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 And and so I get that for sure. For sure. So, you know, I I thought it was a good move to kind of throw a faster song in here. But honestly, like at this point, his voice is just kind of staying consistent. I mean, all he did is just kind of speed things up a little bit, but it still feels kind of the same to me. And I will say for an artist like this, the vocals are incredibly important to your like or dislike of it. And like for me, you know, some of the previous albums that we've talked about, that's that hurt for, for my taste on them. Um, and and that is completely subjective. I hear his voice and think it's fantastic and I love what he's doing. But I can also see it being, you know, as as you said about Claudio, a hurdle to greatness. Um I no I, hurdles for I, me. I didn't say it's so weird, but okay. It's a weird sentence, just in general. I don't don't know what you mean to do. So Um, I I don't dislike his voice. I do want to get that. I don't dislike his voice. I don't like his voice this way this much. I need changes in it. I need him to give me some dynamics within his sound. I don't feel like he does that enough on this album. So so what do you? So I was gonna say, what do you think about track four, Darth Binks? Understand that you need a ball. This is actually one that I was referring to at the beginning that I had to go back and listen to intentionally because I kind of checked out towards the end of three. I, I had a hard time with kind of staying in the place. And usually when I listen to albums... I will, you know, like I've talked about, I put them in different situations and it kind of seemed like almost every time when I was doing something or driving or whatever, at the end of three, I've kind of like my brain is on to something else. Like I'm not really with it anymore. And so I had to like, it was about halfway through four where I was like, wait, we're supposed to be listening to this. And so I would go back and listen to it. So with that, 
I love the guitar tone here. I love mm-hmm. the jazzy guitar within like mm-hmm. his his guitar player is spot on here. Love the guitar it's, here. It's mostly him. It's mostly him on on the album. I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. He uh he's a hell of a guitar player, and I appreciate yeah. that. At this point, I am tired of his voice. It's on this and track. It's, it's about halfway this track where I went. I'm done. I'm done with his voice. And it's it's funny that you would say that because this one does the verse, the pre-chorus, and the chorus all like blend into one another just fine, but they are distinct. And it it's sort of and there's even a part after like I think the second chorus where he does give you something different with his vocals. He kind of goes into more of a a baritone, like a lower register that he doesn't often stay in. I like this one a lot. Like I think it does a lot of stuff musically, vocally. There's a lot of nuance to it. Again, I can see three, four listens, just sort of it it just kind of being a, a filler kind of just in one ear out the other kind of thing. But I think if you really do a deep dive on it, there's some creative choices happening in there. Oh, I could tell that his his choices are very intentional. Everything is placed exactly where he wants it. He does not mess around with the overall. I think he's the kind of person that takes the crafting serious, but doesn't take himself serious. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like he takes this, he takes the music serious, but okay. The best thing I can equate this to is like Blake 82. If you ever see them live, they're hilarious live. Yeah. But they are 100% serious about their music, but even their music has some silly content in it. You know? Sure. I mean, yeah, but all those songs are very intentional and I feel like he's the same way. I feel like his live show, like you said, is a lot of fun. I feel like he is a lot of fun personally, you know, but he does go into a bit of that baritone within that. He goes into the low register of things, but it's a little too late for me. I got you. It's like and, you and got will, the same thing so much, and then he finally gave you something different, but I've already lost it. So I will say, you know, not to be like, you know, I don't want anybody to think I have my blinders on and I'm not willing to admit some flaws here or there he does do some of that vocal gymnastic melody stuff throughout this song that i don't think work quite as smoothly i i don't like it as much and then after this one track five sunday school i gotta say i hate every one of your boyfriends i should have been there after all of your one night stands Dressed in black with that dude's neck in my right hand A neuralizer in my left so he will forget I like the music a lot But his vocals in the verse I get what he's going for But it just doesn't really work for me No, I don't like the verses on this one I really like the change in the sound This is really more of a hip-hop track And I, I liked it Yeah, it kind of, yeah it actually reminded me of a guy named Hobo Johnson. These scones, just diversity between the selection of the half here, the blueberry, the raspberry, strawberry, pumpkin, even which is basically a freaking squash. And then to make a scone out of a freaking squash. Oh! The way that he kind of, his flow of things, like it's kind of disjointed, but it still works. And I liked it. And I actually was cool with his voice in the the verses here. Uh, not uh, not the chorus, or wait, I mixed that up. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I don't have a problem with this one. 
This is actually I, one that I actually went back and revisited a couple of times just to kind of go, do I really like this? What is this? What does yeah. it remind me of? You know, like, and then I was like, oh, Hubba Johnson, he's great. Listen to Romeo and Juliet. Um, it's kind of a, a weird thing that he does that he did, and it's okay. it's great. Yeah. Every guy you'll date, and every guy you'll marry, and every guy you'll hate is the little advice that sang out of tune. That's probably what. So so I'm kind of like 50-50 on this song for a while, and then at two twenty four, it literally does this like almost pause chop thing. She said, "Don't think you're right about this moment." I said, "Don't." Take a picture of this moment. Yes. And then goes into this more like bouncy, you know, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say hip hop, but he he's kind of talking a little bit faster. And uh, I, I love the line where he says, I'm going to do more than just stop by. I'm going to do shit like Yoda and not try. Like that's. Like, that's funny, clever stuff to me. So I don't love the first half, but I do have a lot of fun with the back half of the song. Yeah, um, I don't have a problem with the song on here. This is actually one of the, the the shining moments on this album. I would actually say this is the most shining moment on this album. And the best thing I can say about it is it reminds me of somebody else that I like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. And, and for me, this is... We've talked about this on other episodes. It's so funny to me that, like... You and I like a lot of the same music, yep. but we will like it for the for opposite reasons. Like yes. for me, I feel like every Andreas album has like seven songs I love. And then like two that I think are good, but they're not my favorites, and then one that I'm just like, meh, I eh, it's I well and this one would be in that two that I'm kinda yeah, it's all right. <laughs> And for you, it's one of your favorites. <laughs> so you gave me an idea. I think that we should do a commercial for this uh, this show that we have here. And if anybody thinks it's a good idea, please send me an email at dangerandsarge.gmail.com because I'm quite interested. But I think you and I should recreate the intro to Perfect Strangers. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what Perfect... Uh, it's a show that was on ABC as a sitcom. Uh, yeah. Perfect Strangers was a great show, <laughs> but it's just it, it, these two guys that are completely opposite, but get along in a lot of ways, but then don't in a lot of ways. And they see things the same, but quite different. And yeah, it's uh, those are like the show. odd couple along the same lines, but not. I don't know. They were two like uh, I'm trying to remember the main guy's name. Anyway, let's talk about track six. Quinn. I like the way this one starts. It's bouncy and jazzy. I met your father. He said he stole cars. There's this little musical interlude between the verses and the pre-chorus with this like real cool tinkling like guitar sound. I like this one. This one's fun. So I like this one the first time I listened to it. The verses are clean. I do like the lower voice that he gives us at a certain point. The choruses are muddy, but not bad. They just, it's like, it's just too much on top of each other. But then I listen to 
the last track on this, and it sounds like a less hip hop version of that song. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can I can see some similarities there. So I felt like this was part one of a two part saga. That's okay. You can do that in a song. Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with that. Or on, a, on an album. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that, but it's almost like you. In order to do that, you kind of have to give me something to show me that the two parts are connected. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was here. I felt like it was just, hey, we're going to give you this song. And then a little bit later, we're going to write another one that sounds a lot like it, but a little bit more hip hop. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. And like, there's a lot of stuff in this song that I really like, but it's kind of like we've said on the Issues album and other albums. I, I mean, I don't know how other to say it's a little bit of jazz, pop, and emo all wrapped yeah. into one catchy yeah. short yeah. song. <laughs> I get that. I mean, it's three minutes, 33 seconds, so it's not a long song. Right. None of these really are. I mean, uh, the one before this was three minutes, 40 seconds, and the one after this is right. three minutes, 24 seconds. I mean, they're they're not long songs at all. But I felt like this was actually the filler track on this album. I felt like this, after listening through the album completely, I felt like this was leftover bits of the last song on this album and he was like hey i like this enough that we we should put this somewhere how do we put it in here well we already got one song it's called puzzle and so we have to figure out the puzzle of where this song fits and so hey what's your name oh i'm quinn okay we're gonna call it quinn (laughs) and just stick it in Uh, here so track seven (laughs) mr november this song uh for for one specific reason i think we talked about on other albums being like a mood album or a vibe album right not and a I concept think, but like an idea album. yes yeah. and it and there's this like connective tissue that sort of strings you along and i feel like on mr november and, and part of it's probably just because of the title of the song this feels like fall to me like every time I hear this song, it feels like a cool breeze. And it has this little delay tone on the guitar that I think is really sweet. And it just feels like a fall song. I, this one gets a, gets a vibe going. I'll agree with you on that. I, I felt the same way in listening to this. It felt, I don't want to say cold. It felt comfortable. Yeah, so it, it, funny you should say cold because I was going to say the the only thing that makes me not love the song is his vocal melody. He ends the line kind of in a dour note. You noticed which, that too? Yes, which I'm sure is 100% intentional. But because I like his voice when it's up and poppy and fun, I just it, I love the music. But that particular vocal silent on the song, I just, I don't love that as much. So I loved his vocals at the beginning of this. And mm-hmm. then his vocals changed into what we ended up getting for the rest of the song. It was like only the first, like, I don't know, 15 seconds that we got a different, I didn't time it. So I'm just kind of guesstimating about 15 mm-hmm. seconds that we got the different vocal that I was really enjoying. And then it changed to where I was like, okay, I don't, I don't hate it, 
but I'm not loving it. But it's like then the music kind of all made it feel feel good. I mean, this is a fantastic headphone track. The guitar work on this one was phenomenal. And what I didn't understand is there's like an echo that he puts on his voice in certain places on this. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I, I did not like that echo. But everything else about the song was good. But that echo, yeah, there's like a little echo that gets put on to like little parts. And it's like, eh, okay, I could do without that. I could do it. Yeah. That. But it's like, it was enough else in there to make me go, I'm good with this. And so again, not cold, but comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, like I said, a big part of it probably is just because it's called Mr. November, but it just feels. This song makes you feel like it's a cool morning. You got a cup of coffee and you're in sweatpants. Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's like I, I kind of like I was piecing it together in my head the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah I like that. I like yeah. that. So, all right, track eight, salty. Three minutes, twenty-four seconds of a boring ass track. This is one of my favorites on the album, and I think it's an incredible pop song. I think it's fine, but it it felt very boring to everything else because you give me this album of like all this like like cramming in like three songs worth of material and sounds and changes into one song for seven songs, and then you give me one that doesn't do that half as much. Uh, says the guy that has brought me four chord acoustic whiny shit time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. This is a simple song compared to a lot of the other stuff that's going on. But if you actually, that clean guitar line that goes throughout the song is gorgeous and it's very simple. Yeah, the guitar but work is fine on this one. And there is a little guitar solo in there where it does get a little bit more technical. But even just the groove and the rhythm is is not just straightforward for for the entire time. Like there's it sort of has like some stops and starts that are, are you know, kind of keep it interesting. I think this song is great. The lyrics are a little bit silly, but they're relatable. I love the line near the end where he says, I remember sometimes you weren't that bad. Sometimes you made me happy. I remember sometimes you weren't that bad. Sometimes you made me happy. The, the, lyrical, the lyrics are basically, he dumped a girl and now he's mad because she's dating another guy and he's salty about it. And I understand that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's silly, but it's relatable to a lot of people. And I don't know, man. This one's a lot of fun. He usually has one or two just straight up pop songs on every album. And that's kind of what this is. I don't know, dude. This one's a lot of fun for me. And again, the video adds a little bit of charm to it. Now, and it's fine to throw a just straight up pop track onto an album as just kind of a move that you want to make. And that's, that's fine. But I just, I felt this track was boring after the stuff that we got before this and then the stuff we got after this like it just it didn't fit in this album for me that's just me 
the guitar work was fine on it. I didn't think it was outstanding. I felt like it was simple and just, and, you know, added a nice little, you know, layer to it. I think that guitar piece, though, that boop, like that's the connective tissue to the jazzier stuff before it it is simplified compared to some of the songs before it but it's not so simple that it sounds out of place to me like i i don't know like it still fits the vibe especially with his vocal melodies like that that's the through line that holds it all together is that very distinct pop vocal that he puts on it so, again, I, I hate that you find it boring. This is one of my favorite, not just on this album, but in, in his catalog in general. I love this song. I think it's a lot of fun. Now, you said in the beginning that you like 80% of his albums. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I would say I like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. So, we've got two more tracks to talk about. And you've already mm-hmm. talked about one that you could do without. So, right now we're running at 90%. So I, I will say that track nine, La Habra. Okay, thank you for pronouncing that because I was not. I think I pronounced it about four different ways in my head. At one point, it was La Habra. <laughs> so so this one is okay this is one that i all i sort of kind of forgot about until we started actually going through this album i was like oh yeah that one is kind of fun do you know who this one reminds me of more than anything else no but i'm curious drake listen seeing you got ritualistic cleansing my soul i can see that like it has this very steady, very simple beat from start to finish. Doesn't have a lot of changes. It's similar to Salty in the fact that it is more or less just a pop song, but this one's a little dancier. I, I like this one. I, I think it's fun. It's simple, but it's it's not a standout to me. This isn't one of my favorites. So after Salty, this was one that I checked out on and I had to go back and listen to it intentionally. And what I found was I enjoyed this one. This mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, a a standout where it's like, I'm going to add this to a playlist and this is going to be within the mix of things. But this just kind of was a fun little disco song. Disco, yeah. It has a very disco vibe to it, for sure. With some needless spacey interludes. The spacey <laughs> interludes on this one threw the momentum of the song off. Outside of that, it's just a simple, fun little disco track. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, uh, you know, we talked about this before, you know, when bands at the back of their album will throw in this like slow, moody, like mood changer of a track. And instead of doing that, he sort of went the opposite way. Yeah. And he puts something like this back there, which you don't have a lot of jazzy guitar. You don't have like weird tempo changes. It's very straightforward you know it's fun yeah i don't think there's a lot more to say about this one besides it's just a fun little fun little track here i mean it's it's very different for this album much like you know we saw with salty but a little more fun than salty you know it's less salty I, i find salty to be catchier 
Like I like that as a song better, but I do agree that this one's a little more upbeat. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's round this album out. Let's talk about track 10 puzzle. Go, go on. Uh, Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, please. This is this will be important. Please. I was gonna say puzzle sounds like what Quinn was supposed to be, what or like the the beginning. It's like they wrote puzzle, and then Quinn fell out of it. Quinn was left over from it. I remember when my homies used to make fun of fat kids. Now they get an older, get it better, and they got kids. When my boy from the mall go to school up in that lake, and I ain't got. It's a little more hip hop than than yeah. Quinn and I like it more than Quinn I think it's a fine closer for this album because yeah. it kind of finishes on this upbeat you know thing that kind of rounds out the album and it's like when the song's done you know it's done you kind of know that things are over but not like you don't feel unfulfilled You, right. you feel complete. So it is a bit muddled at a certain point, a bit muddied, but it's not as muddied <laughs> as Quinn. You know. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think this is, you know, I've said this on previous uh, episodes where I don't mind uh, a band putting their softest, sweetest song at the very end of an album, depending on what the you know preceding tracks sounded like. But on an album like this, that it has been a little bit eclectic and a little jazzy and a little rock. You just came off of Salty and La Habra, two kind of straightforward pop songs. It makes sense to throw this one at the end to kind of capture the spirit of the first couple songs. Yeah. I agree with you that there are parts where because of the hip hop vibe, he's kind of rapping a little bit. And because the music is kind of bouncy and all over the place, there's a, there's a bit of a jumble thing here or there. It doesn't, it, it just kind of adds for me, just kind of the fun energy of the song. Some more really cool lyrics. I love the line. I remember when my homies used to make fun of fat kids. Now they're getting older, getting fatter, and they got kids. I remember when my homies used to make fun of fat kids. Now they're getting older, getting fatter, and they got kids. When my boy from like that's God, that's fun. Like that's he, so fun. <laughs> he did have a few lyrics that jumped out, and it was none yeah. that I, you know, took enough note of taking or took a note yeah. enough note of to take note down like you did but no that was a line that i did think was was fun in that song for sure and even in the hook i i don't remember the exact phrasing but something along the lines of i'm not just a piece i'm the whole puzzle like that's just kind of a, a cool it the way i interpret that as is a very confident thing like you know, I'm not just a piece of this. I am the whole thing. Like I, I matter. I'm, I'm an important thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I took that differently, but that's how I interpret it. Okay. So I want to ask you, does that not strike you as where we've talked about in other, other albums where bands will write a whole song about like, we made it to the top. We're the best, you know, nobody could do it like we can. But yet, here's this guy 
that wrote a song that, you know, he has a line in it where he's like, I'm not just part, I am the entire thing. Why? No, and why? here's why. Okay, go on. Please here's why. Because there is a section near the end where he's actually doing almost like a voiceover, like he's talking. Yes. And everybody else, he's ta- he's addressing like a group of people, and they are all puzzles as well. And if you listen to what he's saying, he's saying things like, what do you have? Oh, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful picture. And then there's one, one part where he's like, no, 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 you got to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. And like, so for me, it didn't sound self-absorbed. It sounded like generous to, to everyone. Okay. Cause you're right. Cause there are songs by other artists that we've talked about on this show that they do that. And I don't like it. And, but I did not take this that way. You don't like it more than I don't like it. I don't really have a problem with it. Doesn't really bother me that much, but at the same time, kind of like, eh, you could do without that. Arrogance. It depends. It depends on the situation. Like when Fred Durst does it on a on a solid Limp Biscuit record, it kind of like yeah, yeah, what he said. But then like you know, on on a lesser album by a lesser frontman, you're sort of like, just stop, dude. <laughs> just please stop. <laughs> well, it's kind of like on the um, Memphis May Fire album. I can understand where you were like, yeah. At the end of the, at the end of time, we're not going to be talking about the Beatles. Led Zeppelin and Memphis Mayfire. It's like I, I, did, I, I get and, that. And then on the From Zero album that I wanted to talk about, same thing. Like yeah. they had that one song where it's like, "Bro, you've been singing about your feelings for like thirty minutes. Don't hit me with this. Like it's not working." All right, Monster. So, what's new with you? Hey, hey good looking. Sunday school. I I said it earlier that this isn't one of my favorites, but his vocal delivery in the verses have this kind of angsty, you know, he's not even really singing. He's not even really rapping. It's almost like mad talking. And yeah, I get that. talking. Yeah, so that kind of lends itself to that angsty new metal thing. Um, and then the fact that the song just like stops and goes into something completely different. The completely different part has nothing to do with new metal, no. but just that structure is is not uncommon. So okay. and danger. What's cooking? <laughs> so I'm actually gonna say that I only listened to this once while cooking. But I will find I will say that I found Sunday school and Laha Barbara, Laha Barbara, Laha Bra. The hammock, and I spin you round and round, keeping you up on your toes. Actually, with the two that it was like, okay, these are not distracting because I I told you before that like when I'm cooking, I need something that's a little bit more within rhythm, and it's like I can move within it, and a lot of this is kind of like there's other sounds that are happening that are kind of disjointed and distracting. And those two songs didn't really do that, except for those spacey interludes on La Habra. There's a song called Salty. No, I get that. But too much salt ruins anything. But it's a cooking reference. (laughs) (sighs) No, that one, that one didn't do it. I know that it would have been an easy pun for me to go with Salty, but I just, I didn't know. That's why. 
I didn't do it. That's fine. Do you want to do you want to give your closing statements first? Sure. Sure. Okay. This is not a bad album. This is what happens when someone who understands music theory, structure, and composition makes an album. This is what happens when someone has talent, not too much, just enough for someone to tell them they are talented and they run with it. Andreas has not made the type of album that I want to listen to. He has made the type of album that makes me want to listen to other artists like Bright Eyes and Surfion Stevens. This has sounds that would be at home on the Garden State soundtrack and the back of a smoky bar. It's not all bad. It's not all good. It does have the bright spots. It just has a few too many dull ones in between. I gave this a 4.8. I have never heard anything in my life, music or otherwise, that made me think, gosh, I'd rather listen to Bright Eyes. <laughs> no, and, and But the thing is, is like, I don't love Bright Eyes. I have two Bright Eyes albums that I bought forever ago. It's too, too many. No, I don't. I loved Bright Eyes at one point. I don't oh. like him now. But it's like listening to this made me think of those other things. And so I, I would rather I, I forget what album it was that we were talking about that I brought to you. And you were like, but I don't want to listen to this. This makes you think I want to listen to this. And it kind of put the same thing on me. Fair enough. Fair enough. And for those of you that are not familiar with the Garden State soundtrack, it's like an emo eclectic soundtrack. Okay. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. 4.8. I had it at a five and then I wanted to go to a four and then I felt like it was a little bit better than a 4.5. And so I went to a 4.8. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Lyrically, Andreas manages to be fun, sad, funny, self-deprecating and self-absorbed all at the same time. Musically, Andreas manages to capture all these emotions through the instrumentation just as clearly. This album is an eclectic mix of rock, pop, emo, jazz, salsa, and more. For me, there isn't a bad song on the album. There are some I like more than others, but I'm never bored. And at 10 songs, roughly 30 minutes, it just flies by. And when it's over, I'm either ready to start it over again or go to another one of his albums. To me, this is a solid debut album. If you like this, I would highly recommend listening to his other albums as they are just as good, if not better. 1 to 10, 8.2. Because to your point earlier, I said I like about 80% of his albums usually. And so I was like, okay, but I don't dislike any of these songs. So I can't just give it an 8. I'm going to give it a little bit extra just to to counter that. All right. So that puts this at a 6.5, which puts it right below Taking Back Sunday, Where You Want to Be at a 6.65, and right above Chronic Futures, Lines in My Face at 6.5. Actually, it ties it with that. So with it ties it with Chronic Futures and Closure in Moscow, which are all right above this wildlife ever blossom. So if you disagree with our rating of this album and think that it deserves more or less, or just have a general opinion of this one that you want to shoot us, uh, you know, just let us know. Shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com or reach out to us on um, all of our, our social medias. We're on all of them. Just go to the internet and uh, just search Danger and Sarge or go to the Breakdowns for Breakfast uh, Facebook page. Monster, what album are we talking about next week? Next week, we will be discussing the Broken Views album on The Mend. The Broken View 
the broken views. Yeah, it's not more than one view. It's just it's. I, I feel like it's. But but it's their band and they possess the album. So you would I, say we were discussing the album on the mend by the broken view. Okay, that's right. That that's that's better. I when I said it to you originally, I think I said it the same way, and I had to think about it myself. So anyway, no, you're right. You're right. So danger. What could you never eat for breakfast? Lunch or dinner? dinner. <laughs> 